0: Bonjour, my name is Stéphanie Montault. Welcome to Academia Stella Maris in Limoges, Ontario.
1: Welcome to Another Day in God's Story. This is the Every Square Centimeter podcast, a project of Christian Schools Canada, and we are stoked to have you join us as we tour this beautiful country We Call Canada, celebrating and finding inspiration in the people, places, and practices in and around Christian education. In our last stop on our virtual tour of Canada, we spent time in Leduc with Colin Ward. As we learned, school musical programs have long-lasting memories. We learned sometimes bribing kids with candy for the sake of adult-student relationships can be a great thing. We learned that the Canamex corridor goes straight through Leduc because it stretches from Edmonton all the way down to Mexico. We learned that collegial relationships have a profound impact on our job satisfaction. We learned God cares about our wellness and wholeness while we're here on, here on earth. And the last thing we learned is you can take the pastor out of the church, but you just can't take the sermon out of the pastor. <laughs> it was a joy visiting with Colin. But today, we're grateful you've joined us in Limoges, Ontario. And for listeners, if you're a regular listener, you know I'm going to butcher some things uh, (laughs) today. And so I'll do my best. We're going to refer to ourselves as a scurry. So maybe a a Limogian scurry. Stephanie, what would you call someone from Limoges?
0: I guess it could be a Limogian, but it could also be a Limoges or Limoges if you're Francophone. Limoges. Limoges. Limoges.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, no. Okay, th- I'm getting some laughing more so than uh, thumbs up. So, uh No, uh, Limojois limo- wanna- limo- scurry. Yeah, nice.
0: <laughs> uh, That's good. And to get our
1: Limojois scurry, we're going to start our podcast off with a name segment. Name. My name is Jeremy Horlings from the Prairie Center for Christian Education or PCCE, and alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia or SCSBC is Mr. Luciano Pavarotti himself. Darren Speaksma. Hey, Scurry. Hey. Hey. Darren. Darren. Darren, tell us all about a childhood memory that comes to mind when you think of warm June or July evenings.
2: So I grew up in the Cowichan Valley on Vancouver Island, and one of the rites of passage at uh, when I was in my um, preteen years and teen years was um, hauling hay and it was the evening activity because you wouldn't go in the heat of the day so we would we would work I would work on the farm all day and then I'd have one of my friends or farms they would phone and by five o'clock or five we'd be on the field loading hay and put it in the barn and then you basically have meal number four after that the wife of the farmer would put out a huge spread when we were done and we would just have a a great meal afterwards so that's my warm june july evening memory nice round bales or square bales square bales because we were doing it by hand like the small bales Ooh. where you're stacking them all in the wagon then bringing them to the barn putting them in the yeah. hay that whole thing
3: on the elevator
1: mm-hmm. yeah cool did realize we got a tough guy uh on the podcast yep that's me farm strength okay uh from advance in eastern canada we have a guy who you couldn't catch justin cook hey canada oh canada, canada. uh justin why couldn't we catch you any idea uh well darren? i told
2: darren no, I was going to let Justin oh. go first. Come <laughs> on. I just, the ball finally dropped. Yeah, well, I
3: saw that light I, go on. I'm the gingerbread man. Mm-hmm.
1: There we go. Can't catch him because he's the gingerbread man. Yeah. Justin, tell us about a childhood memory that comes to mind when you think of warm June, July evenings. Well,
3: I was thinking about going to hay too. So uh, that's awesome, okay. Darren. But I'll i uh, will go, I'll pivot. Um, so I grew up in a townhouse complex so uh, it's an old townhouse complex. So it was a row of houses that were all connected. And we played a game off of our front porch called bloody murder. Oh. And the way it worked was <laughs> you had, so everyone was at home base, but someone was hiding somewhere around the building, the, the, the row house. And you had to get one way you had to go fully around the row house in one of the two directions and get back to home base, which was the porch. And, someone was hiding and trying to tap or touch everybody. And then if you got, tu- well, first, if you saw the person who was hiding, you screamed bloody murder. That's, I don't know why, but that's what we did. And that person was trying to touch you. And if you got touched, then you joined the hiding team and uh, warm June evenings. Mm-hmm. This is what we did. The na- all the neighborhood kids would start on our porch and play bloody murder.
1: Do you think people could still do that and- would it be canceled uh, or would people say you, you can't be yelling out through the streets anymore? What <laughs> yeah, Good point. Uh,
3: well, I think I, I don't know. So my kids still played a little bit. The house is not as exciting because the, there was like an alleyway in the mm-hmm. back, like this really narrow part that was super scary. And yeah, it got even better when the sun went down and we played mm-hmm. at night and those pine trees were scary. Cause you knew, you never knew who was jumping out of the pine trees.
1: As we heard off the top. We are honored to be welcomed virtually into a school I'm going to try to pronounce. And then, Stephanie, you're going to say it as beautifully as you said it up at the top. Into Academia Stella Marie. Do you want to... Can you re- redeem that, please?
0: Academia Stella Maris.
1: Okay, so I... Dropped S's <laughs> in wrong spots and added S's in the other spots. Uh, Stephanie has assured me I can call it ASM, but I wanted to give it a, an honest go. Um, Stephanie, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Uh, Stephanie, uh, you, when we ask someone to come on, we, we ask them to kind of fill out some information so we know a little bit about the person and uh, kind of choose a prompt to go off that. So uh, I'll, I'll just give the listeners a little taste of, kind of what you wrote in this piece it says uh you were born in this this town you maybe you can talk a little bit about this i don't want to take that away from but you said the type of town where the warm june evenings have the sweet smell of fresh cut hay and it just drew me in and right away i wanted to ask the question because it just brought me back to different uh that those evenings growing up so Stephanie same question what is a childhood memory that comes to mind when you think of warm june or july evenings
0: Yes. Well, yeah. So I, I grew up in, um, in a farming, uh, community and, uh, yeah. So the smell of fresh cut hay, the sweet smell of hay and that muggy feeling on your skin, Mm -hmm. uh, just totally brings me back to my childhood when I get out of my house right now and, uh, and smell it and, and feel it. So when I was a teenager, I used to play soccer and our, um, soccer games used to be late at night. So, one of my fondest memories uh, is uh, driving to uh, to my soccer games with the windows down, smelling the hay, feeling the air, and uh, getting on the field and having those, you know great big lights just blasting on the on the field, and mm-hmm. obviously wanting to win that game. and um, and afterwards, we had this little dairy queen close
1: to the field, then we would go and uh, enjoy
0: some
1: ice cream. Favorite ice cream, Stephanie? Vanilla. Oh, yes, great. Very firm. French vanilla?
0: Uh, oh, uh No, just plain vanilla. <laughs> Good try, just though. It. Very, very, very nicely
1: said. That was a, that was a Darren, oh, boy. Uh, I, I love how... Uh, so... We don't uh, talk about usually talk about what our answers will be to this question, and uh, Darren, you started talking about hay, and Justin was right mm-hmm. away like, oh, that's what I was going to talk about, and then Stephanie, you were talking about smell of hay, and then soccer, and actually my story is going to go into the soccer world, and I remember uh, we lived a little bit outside of town, and so oftentimes, it was a matter of managing a couple kids being in sports, and so mom would just bring supper into the minivan and sit in a crock pot, and... We're between fields and <laughs> mm-hmm. driving from this to that. You're opening up the crockpot and throwing your food on the plate and eating it, and going to soccer and then jumping in. And you're off to the next person's, and so I just brought back memories of, of soccer, which uh, is so funny, Stephanie. Uh, uh, except for my soccer, I do not remember large lights. Uh, I remember a spattering of ad- you know few adults staying on the side. So you must have been much higher level uh, and a bigger bigger uh, bigger deal than our soccer and Smithers (laughs) British Columbia (laughs) (laughs) for the second half of our opening square we have our host choose from a variety of segments that all rhyme with aim and today we well actually we've done game I think every single um, episode this season but today Stephanie has chosen the segment Stephanie can you give us a drum roll Uh, flame I I messed it up just because I couldn't believe it (laughs)
2: That was a fantastic drum roll.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) All right. For the flame segment, uh, we are going to talk about something we're fired up about, and I think we're going to keep it in the education realm today. We veered off before, but something we're fired up about Justin, what do you got?
3: Yeah. So I've been having a great time, uh, here, uh, in the end of the school year, working with regions of schools collaborating together on teaching for transformation. And I, it's, it's going amazing. I love it. But what, one of the things I'm fired up about is, so there'll be like anywhere from 30 to 50 teachers from the region sitting together and we're sitting as kind of role specific tables. So grade groups, so primary or grade one, two or kindergarten or specialists together. And I, am absolutely fired up to listen in on the collaborative conversations of people in the same role from different schools, just kind of sharing uh, their similar experiences, but also some of their unique approaches. And it's some of the best, uh, most inspiring kind of banter. Um, and they, then, of course, as we're looking at TFT and looking to implement TFT, it's so helpful to be with a crew of people who are doing it in the same area. So I'm totally fired up about kind of peer support network
1: tables of people working together. Love it. Uh, Stephanie, what are you fired up about?
0: Um, I am fired up about unconventional Christian education. So that has been my passion for the past six years. Uh, so you know, the type of education where we don't box in children, that we allow them to discover their God given gifts. Um, I'm also fired about um, my roots. Um, I am franco montarien and uh, to be able to join these two passions has been uh, very fun these past few years. Christian education and um, you know, being able to have our children learn in um, in one of our beautiful Canadian languages.
1: That's beautiful. Uh, did you grow up um, Did you speaking French, uh, Stephanie?
0: Yes. Actually, I didn't speak English until I was 14. I actually did not want to learn how to speak English. Um, and my parents uh, encouraged me to go to an all-English high school, which I had no choice but to speak, right? And so I'm very grateful that they kind of pushed me and uh, encouraged me to to learn it.
3: English immersion. English immersion. Yeah, that's right.
1: We're grateful that they pushed you as well because, uh, my French is not up to the level that would be necessary to have a great conversation with you. So thank you. Uh, Darren, what are you fired up about? Well, first I just want to establish
2: that, uh, the first two people that were fired up are just better human beings than me. (laughs) Uh, but once we've established that, um, I'm just, Excited it's the end of the year because I'm, I'm grumpy fired up about the fact that we have lost the ability to disagree well. Mm. I grew up in a tradition that on Sunday afternoon, I could watch my parents drastically disagree with the other couple that they were sitting having lunch with and then give each other a hug at the end before we went home. And I feel mm. like as Christians, we have lost... I don't know if it's humility. I don't know what it is, but lost the ability to acknowledge that someone who disagrees with you might actually be onto something. Mm -hmm. So I am just, I don't know if it's grumpy fired up or what you call that, but I'm just, yeah, that's got me fired up right now.
1: I disagree with you, Darren. I don't think, uh, (laughs) I don't think there's any issues right now. Very funny, Jeremy. Very funny. (laughs) What are you fired
2: up about Jeremy?
1: (laughs) Tell us now. Okay. uh, I'm fired up. Uh, I'll go into the category of better human beings, apparently, because we've taken the positive side fired up. uh, I'm fired up about celebration of of learning. As you can tell, uh, if you're listening right now, we are recording close to the end of the school year, right at the end of the school year. And uh, so some of our schools have been doing some celebration of learning types of um, protocols at their schools. And I just think uh, when I was growing up, the main – story being told was your report card story. Mm-hmm. And so that went home at the end of the year. That's kind of the, the, the full, almost the full story that would have been told. Um, celebration of learning, I got the opportunity to go to one the other day. And it just, again, kind of filled my heart because it was a reminder of, yes, the, the, the report card is, is a story. It's part of the story. But that's not why I put my kids in Christian Mm -hmm. education. And the celebration of learning just reminded me and allowed me to see the good things, the good learning that's happening, um, then the godly learning that's happening behind the scenes. And I just uh, was excited to see that again. It just uh, was inspiring. So uh, from a leadership perspective as well, if you don't do a celebration of learning, I highly encourage it. I think it just allows teachers off uh, another place to tell this, tell the, the story of Christian education well. And in light of Darren's uh, being fired up around the divisiveness, too many of our schools this year, uh, the story was divisiveness. Mm-hmm. And because in the absence of story, we're going to fill that at home with like, well, I don't know what's going on at school, but I'm going to complain about things. But when I'm brought into the, the good learning that's happening, I'm reminded of the, the good story that's being, uh, we're invited to. And so I was excited about that. Uh, it is one of the elements of the TFT framework Justin was talking about as well that um, we're really encouraging our schools to, to do. So, Jeremy,
2: thanks for redeeming this section of the uh, podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm bringing a little restoration to uh, this section. We actually highlighted my week was a staff celebration of learning. Mm. So we have seen that really work its way into staffs where at the end of the year, everyone's working on an inquiry project that they present and celebrate the work that they did. And it was pretty neat to see a staff come together and present their learning to the rest of their staff
3: as the, the last event they did before they sent off to summer. Hey, really quick. Shame on us if we don't allow for some lament in the podcast. So, Darren, <laughs> that there's lots of psalms that have you backed up, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Listeners, let us know something you're fired up, up about in education, whether you want to lament uh, like Darren or if uh, you want to get inspired, excited about other elements of what's happening in your school, tweet us at at every square centimeter or message us on Instagram. We're going to transition from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn a little bit about the places in Canada and celebrate the people and practices in Christian education. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor.
4: Hi, everyone. I'm Sheila Dykstra, one of the Walking Together co-leaders at Edudeo Ministries. Edudeo partners with locally-led school organizations around the world. These groups of schools are led by passionate men and women just like you. They've seen God working through Christ-centered education already, but they want to grow. Engaging teachers and leaders through the Walking Together program is at the heart of our work. It brings together teachers and leaders from all over the world to support, mentor, and guide their peers in workshops. Workshop topics are chosen by partners to best suit their needs. We rely on volunteer educators called learning leaders with significant professional teaching and learning expertise to design and facilitate these workshops. Does this sound like something you're interested in? Contact myself, Sheila, or my colleague Keith at walking together at We'd love to chat with you.
1: As we heard off the top, Stephanie teaches at Stephanie
4: Academia Stella Maris,
1: or ASM as, as some may say it, <laughs> yes. uh, in Limoges, Ontario, Canada. Justin, what did you find out? about Limoges.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, Limoges is uh, part of the region of the greater Ottawa area and is on the unceded Anishinaabe Algonquin territory. The peoples of the Anishinaabe Algonquin nation have lived on the territory for millennia. Their culture and presence have nurtured and continue to nurture that land. Limoges is named after its counterpart in France and founded in 1872 by French Canadian settlers primarily farmers shout out to the hay, uh, from our (laughs) check-in today, Franco Ontarians make up 4.7% of Ontario's population. And I was actually surprised that it's that high that felt much higher than I realized. So apologies, Stephanie, mostly settled in Eastern Ontario and Limoges is, as I said, on the outskirts of uh, our nation's capital, Ottawa. So, um, quick quiz question do any of you know when canada became officially bilingual
1: no i'm gonna just straight out say no because it was a yes no question nope okay 1969 oh and you guys are reacting because that's more
3: recent than you expected is that true yes
1: yeah agreed
3: yes Yeah, shockingly recent. So um, uh, this is just according to Wikipedia. The late 19th century and early 20th century saw attempts by the provincial government to assimilate the Franco-Ontario population into the Anglophone majority with the introduction of regulations that promoted the use of English over French. Mm -hmm. So just as we have an assimilation agenda uh, in residential schools, especially in the 60s scoop, Francophone culture and language were also subjugated. Francophone rights were furthered in the seventies as a result of looking at Stephanie to see if she, if that rings a bell, it's a Franco-Ontarian civil disobedience movement in the seventies that pressured several provincial departments to adopt bilingual policies. And it's pretty fascinating. Over two dozen people were arrested as activists and what they would do is monopolize police time on trivial traffic infractions, refusing to pay fines, sabotaging computer systems. They were basically trying to jam the system so that their francophone culture and language would be officially rec- recognized. I, I, I wish I had known more about just exactly how they did that, like whether it was a language jam or, you know what I mean? Like whether they just refused to engage in English or, or how it works. I think. Um, uh, sounds pretty fascinating to me.
1: So somebody I mean, knows out if someone knows out there, uh, send us send uh, us the tweet. Absolutely,
3: yeah, email
1: us. Yeah. So I mentioned Canada
3: became bilingual in sixty nine, but that didn't mean that Ontario was officially bilingual at that point. That didn't happen until nineteen eighty four. Now Ontario officially supports education in both English and French, as well as including first nations language curriculum. And of course, uh, indigenous education is a federal jurisdiction, Mm -hmm. not provincial. Um, so all this to say language and culture can't be separated. We know this and to attack or conversely to recognize one's language is either by attacking it to eliminate And by recognizing it to make space for that person's heritage and culture. So, Stephanie, I am so pumped that we are finally exploring some of the Francophonie square centimeters of Canada. And, um, yeah, none of us represent schools that are in Quebec, um, but it is a, a a privilege for me to be in connection with you and ASM as Mm -hmm. um, a bilingual school here in Eastern Ontario. And I'm just curious. So I've talked a little bit about the history of the, of bilingualism in Canada and, and, uh, Francophone Ontarians. Uh, Are you willing to tell us about how some of this connects with your own personal family
0: background? Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up, um, in a French home. I only spoke French, um, until I was about fourteen years old, it is true that Franco ontarians um, have been fighting to preserve their their language. Um, I I don't believe in fighting in in certain ways, though. Like I mm-hmm. I I believe in, in peaceful fighting. Um, but yes, I mean, growing up, uh, it was it was difficult to. Uh, to be seen, um, the same way as some of my Anglophone friends. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when I was in, um, our French, uh, school and primary school, when we had uh, sports events, we were teased by the English, uh, the English, uh, schools. Uh, but funny enough, uh, when I uh, transferred to an English high school when we would have sports events uh, then I was teased by the French schools <laughs> so uh. I, I was like in between I didn't quite <laughs> know where I belonged anymore but mm. no no matter what I um, I've always seen myself as Franco-Ontarian and I was born Franco-Ontarian and I will die Franco-Ontarian mm-hmm. it's very mm. important for my children to uh, know the language to speak it um, even though my, uh, my, my, my husband is Filipino. So he speaks English to them, but, uh, I speak primarily only in French to them. So it was important to, uh, obviously to found a school, uh, with Christ in the center, but also a school that would offer some French instruction. Uh, so we do have a bilingual school where French is taught as the first as a first language and not a second language but uh, english is also taught as a first language so this is kind of something special that we offer um most mm-hmm. schools have you know esl or fsl but for us it's both language or both both languages are taught as a first language i'm not sure if that answered your question justin
3: yeah. How did you, maybe, maybe just tell us how you ended up in the Limoges area, where, what part of Canada were you born in or, or where were you born? And then how did you end up in the area around ASM?
0: Mm-hmm. I was born in a very small town called Van uh right on the border of Quebec. Uh Vinclicule is about um, 40 minutes away from Limoges. Um, I moved to Ottawa to study to the University of Ottawa, met my husband there. Um, and then we settled in Embrun, which was closer to my parents, but still close to the city. Uh, so that's how I kind of made my way close to Imaj. And uh, we were looking for a good uh, place to found ASM. And Limaj is right by the main highway. So we mm-hmm. thought that it would be perfect uh, for you know most parents to get to school. So this is this is how we got here.
2: I just have a clarifying question. So are you like the founding leader of ASM? Yes, I am. Awesome.
1: Very cool. That's probably
2: another I'd, podcast just that yeah. story itself. <laughs> but
1: uh, I I think we'll get into it a little bit uh, potentially, uh, Stephanie can you tell us a little bit more about the school though? It, you touched on the fact that this is a bilingual independent Catholic school. Um, tell me a little bit more about, mm-hmm. uh, ASM.
0: So ASM started seven years ago, um, as a homeschooling pod. Um, funny enough, when I, I felt called to, to open, to open a Catholic independent Catholic school. So I've, I've been a teacher, um, for 19 years now and seven years ago, I felt the calling. Uh, But in my mind, I thought that the Lord was calling me to open, uh, you know, the typical uh, Christian Catholic independent school that we usually see. Uh, But um, God has a good sense of humor and he really steered me Uh, towards what he was really looking for. Mm. So our small homeschooling pods transferred into an independent school that offered hybrid programs and full-time programs. Uh, So that was five years ago. So most, five years ago, most of our population was, um, were families that were taking advantage of our Hybrid program. So hybrid, I mean homeschooling families mm-hmm. sending their kids a few days a week, um, and then homeschooling the rest of the subjects at home. And uh, I also have some students that were full time. And then the pandemic hit, and that completely changed. And now ninety percent of our of our uh, student population um, are students that are full time students, and then ten percent are hybrid students. Hmm. Um, So the way that our schedule is built, uh, we have specific days uh, where specific subjects are taught so that it's easier for the hybrid kids to just enter the classroom um, and then follow the courses with the full time students. Um, And we do have a bilingual curriculum. So as I was saying, French is taught as a first language, English is taught as a first language, and then we have student subjects that are only taught in French. So we have geography, geography, histoire, science, and then the rest of the curriculum is taught in in English. So we keep um, class sizes small uh, because we tailor every single curriculum to every single student. Uh, So we do not box in children according to their age. So it's not because a child is 10 that he will necessarily be in grade five. Um, he may be. Uh, he may be in grade five for, let's say, languages, but maybe he's gifted in math. So he may be a level six in math. Or maybe he's a little bit behind in French. So he may be a level four in, in, in French. So that's how we customize the curriculum to every single uh, child. And we do that with the parents. So we see the parents as the first educators of their children. I sit down with every single new family and we create the program for their children. And then we kind of, you know, uh, customize it as time, uh, unfolds and so forth, because a child may not always stay in the same level, especially Mm -hmm. if he makes great progress in a matter of, you know, a few months. Uh, we also use their, their their gifts, their talents, their passion inside their programs uh, just to make uh, things a little bit more interesting for them so that they they love to learn. So that's one thing that we want them to to have. We want them to to love learning. We want them to, to love coming to school. We want them to, to love to be able to you know, open up any new unit or get excited about a new unit. Um, So that's why we love PBLs, right? We just constantly work through projects and we we guide them, but we allow them to customize their own project as well. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. to give you an example, at the end of the year, we had this event uh, called Art in the Park, And uh, during that event, it was, it was, you know, in in the evening, we had like really fun um, lights, string lights in the park through the, through the fences and the trees and so forth. And, and we had our business um, students from grade five, all the way to grade 11 featuring their passion. So basically the business that they have created throughout the year, the business that they've loved, and they were able to, to, to sell their, their products. Um, and we had like our artists that were able to, to feature uh, their visual art projects. We had our seniors that were able to sing. Um, we had our uh, theater students that were able to, to act and, and so forth. We had our little grade twos and threes having puppet shows and so forth. So anyway, we just, we, ch- we tap in the children's passions and their god-given gifts all while customizing uh their education to their needs so that means that the gifted can go as far as they want and the ones that have a little bit more difficulties well we're there for them and uh, we're constantly following them making sure that they're on the right path without losing them
3: amazing
1: yeah stephanie first of all could could I just hear you say what PBL would sound like at your school? How would you how would you say PBL at uh, at ASM?
0: So yes, our project based learning. What we uh, what we usually do. We love to meet us as a staff, and we unfold our units, and we kind of come up with PBLs for every single unit. Let's say like for a couple of months, and uh, we usually start our PBLs right at the beginning of a unit, and we work through it. So that the children can have like this beautiful and final big product, big project at the end, right? So there's a purpose to the learning of a unit. It's not just learning facts. It's it's working through a unit to be able to get to to a to a result.
1: If uh, so, let's say I'm. Uh, are they always in a PBL, or sometimes they not working on a PBL?
0: We try to get them to always be working okay. on a PBL. Yes. I mean, it's difficult for subjects right. like math, right? Um, we do still have a little bit of a PBL aspect to math, especially it's easier with the younger grades. But when it comes to science, geography, history, business and so forth, yeah.
1: So what I'm wondering around that is if, um, if a student is, let's say, um, not, they're, they're a little bit behind in math, they're going to be working with some students that are quite a bit smaller than them potentially. Um, Is there messaging that you do in terms of what learning looks like so that student doesn't feel self-conscious about the fact that, oh, I'm working with little kids because, you know, I'm not as advanced. I wonder if there's, yeah, what kind of messaging you you use to to continue to encourage kids so they don't get discouraged.
0: Actually, they're not put with younger children. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They are, in one group, so the most grades that we have in one group are three grades, but they okay. would stick in their own group and unless there's a huge drastic, like, I'm, I mean, like five to six grades, you know, difference. But, and that only happened with one student. Um, but no, they stay, they stay with their age group and they don't make the changes, we make the changes. So my staff, I train my staff in, in order for them to be able to do that. So every August we have a full week, a training week, and I'm the one who personally train them to be able to teach that way.
3: A couple of questions. First of all, uh, Jeremy, you're not the only one fired up about celebrations of learning. Yeah. Uh, I wish our listeners could see uh, Stephanie's face light up as she's talking about her students' projects and sharing them in the park. Um, it's awesome. Uh, w- just very quickly, pragmatically, for my own sake, Stephanie, what is that the, the last week of August? Is that right before Labor Day when you're working on with your staff on that training or is it earlier than that?
0: It's earlier than that so that they have some time to continue their prep. And if they have any mm-hmm. questions, I'm available to guide them and to help them with any, you know, problems or questions that they may mm-hmm. have. They also, uh, this year, we're starting something brand new. So each new teacher will have a mentor. Uh, so a, a teacher that has been with us for a bit. Um, and that mentor will be able to follow that new teacher within, uh, throughout the year to kind of guide them as well and help mm-hmm. them out. Uh, so we're a small community, but we're, we're a tight-knitted community. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many ways so my staff really sticks together and it's it's beautiful to see them helping each other mentors no mentors it doesn't matter uh the conversations the the excitement that happens in the staff in the staff room the in the office Mm -hmm. at the end of the day um, it's it's pretty neat to see they're all focusing on one goal and it is to um it is to see these students grow Mm-hmm.
1: stephanie you mentioned staff uh one of our quirky questions is if if someone on staff was a superhero who would who would they be and why
0: um you know what they would all be i call them my oh. super super team yeah i've been that's their that's their name uh they're uh they know who they are and uh, i i keep calling them my super team um So one thing that we have to understand is these teachers are not just plain teachers. These teachers are are missionaries. They have a missionary heart. So Hmm. they really answered God's calling, like to spread the good news to these children to, to bring them closer to heaven. So yes, you know, education is extremely important and, and we're very happy to be, um, to be offering a rich curriculum at ASM, um, but what we're most happy about is to be able to walk with these kids in their journey of faith, right? To be able to help their parents, uh, to, to to guide them. Because what is our ultimate goal in life? It's to get to heaven, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is the goal of my my teachers. And that's why I say that they are missionaries. Hmm. and they're all super they're all amazing they're yeah they're my super team hmm.
1: stephanie i love that answer i was super curious to hear if you were gonna pick one person and make <laughs> everyone else feel like they they aren't uh, so that, i think that was the wise choice uh you're already hinting at it a bit um what do you see as god's intention for teaching and learning
0: that is a very very good question um there is um, a quote that um, Saint John Paul II once said, and um, he he brought back faith and how faith is the ultimate uh, answer to education. That's where education should go, right? It's the love of God, and um, and that's 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 what it is. It's 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 all about God. It's all about. I mean, if he, he is the creator of, of of everything. He is the creator of, of he is creator's creator of women. He is the creator of of schools. He is a creator of students and teachers. So mm-hmm. that is the ultimate goal for education. It mm-hmm. is to be able to educate children in um, in the wisdom that God wants them to acquire.
1: Someone, someone might say every square centimeter, oh. uh, uh, Lord of all. So uh, I love that. Um, that vision is captivating, but I'm assuming there's going to be struggles with you trying to implement that vision or invite staff and students into that. So what struggles have you faced?
0: The biggest struggle has been uh, finance, mm. really. Um, and I think, you know, that's a struggle that most or many independent schools face at one point. So I, I mean, I have to say that we have always been granted what we've needed. Uh, we really work with God's providence. He has always blessed us with um, with what was needed. We never lacked anything. But obviously, sometimes you know, I wonder. Oh, Only I would have more funds, Mm -hmm. the things I could do, the things that I could do with, you know, these students, with my staff and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is finance, unfortunately. Mm
4: -hmm. But
0: there's a reason for everything, right? God has a plan and it's, it's his time.
2: Well, and I would say that's a shout out to our listeners. You may know someone who's passionate about Christian education and wants to invest and have a legacy in something special. Who knows if the every square centimeter podcast can be the, the conduit to make that happen for totally for ASM and uh, this passionate leader. I, I hear the struggles about finances. Um, and you, you speak of God's faithfulness. Um, could you speak more specifically about where you see God at work in the classroom and in the school?
0: Hmm. Well, ASM started because of God's calling, right? So Christ is everything at ASM. And uh, we make sure that the parents know that. We make sure that the students know that. God is not spoken about only in chapel time or only during Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, our faith and and God is spoken about throughout the whole curriculum. Like it is infused with God's love. It is it's like a flower where you have faith, you have God, and then everything comes out of it. Right? You have your sciences mm-hmm. and your math and your social studies and everything. So he's he's at the center of, of of everything. So that's how it's it's not only an impact. It's it's just he's he's living. He's he's. A, mm-hmm living God everywhere, but he's truly living at mm-hmm. ASM. Amazing.
3: Stephanie, as a, a, a leader in a small school, are you both principal and teacher? Do you have some teaching time with students?
0: So this year was the first year that I did not teach. I was okay. only an admin. Um, but I have to say that I missed it very much. <laughs> very can much. You...
3: Yeah, I, I can. I can imagine. Although I... I also know that time is is precious in all of our roles. So I'm wondering from just either from one of your super team or uh, or you yourself in your own practice uh, or your own teaching, sorry, is there a practice that you use that intentionally builds belonging in the classrooms at ASM? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, it's more of belonging in the school. Mm -hmm. Um, I make sure to um, check in. Check in on my staff, check in on my parents, check in on the students, uh, making sure that everything is going well. Uh, I mean, we all have our cross to bear and sometimes it's not easy. And we all know that sometimes we do have a smile on our face, but our heart is just not in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one thing that I, I try my best to do, um. So that they uh, they can really feel like they belong belong to the school belong to the family because that's that's what ASM is it's a big family a big family that that um, you know focuses on parents and, and children and, and, and staff and so forth um, yeah so that's one thing that I I make sure to do to check in on people
3: Stephanie so. Seven years. Did I hear you right that ASM started seven? So, you, you know, you're kind of through the the launch years. You're you're kind of rooted now and you're moving into maybe potentially or already have moved into a second phase. And I know you've been thinking about the identity of ASM maybe changing a little bit. Um, can you just talk a bit about your hope and excitement for ASM f- looking forward into the future?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we're in the middle of a brand new revamping project uh, we uh, revamped our logo and um, um, and so forth um, just to kind of show the world who ASM is um, so if if you're interested I can I can send you the new logo and the, and the interpretation of, of every single segments of it. Uh, but as I said, you know, seven years ago, what I thought call, uh, God was calling me to found uh, ended up that it's it was not that at all. He wanted mm-hmm. me to to build with the help of others a school that was completely different, mm-hmm. a school where gifts would be unwrapped and children would be seen as little artists, you know, where the beauty of things would be would be seen and would be shown and so forth. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what, that's what we're, 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 uh, we're passionate about right now and we're, we're revamping our image so that um, the community could kind of see better who we are and what mm-hmm. we have to offer.
2: Yeah. I love that and don't want to overplay it, but I'm intrigued by the fact that it's year seven and I know some of the Old Testament sort of rhythms of Sabbath and rest and, you know, (laughs) through to Jubilee. I'm not, it's just not lost on me even in this story. So it's beautiful. Um, Is there anything we didn't talk about or ask you that you wanted to talk about today still?
0: I think that we, um, I think we went through, through most of it pretty well.
1: I I want to thank you, Stephanie, for sharing your journey, for the bravery and courage. I imagine it would have taken to to found a school, and then to have a vision of that, but then be open to having other people's voice and continue listening to God's voice to that change. So, we're going to transition to something that we call our celebration of learners. On the Every Square Centimeter website, we have an ever-growing gallery that we call our Celebration of All Learners. It is populated with wonderful people that have joined us on our podcast, shared a bit of their journey, and then we always force them to listen to us read off some nice things about themselves from someone who they work with or someone that respects them. And today, Stephanie's colleague, Johan Louise, has written a letter for her. Justin.
3: All right. I'm pretty excited to read this, Stephanie. For you, from Johan. Stephanie, you are a wonderful principal, mentor, friend, and mother. When people encounter you, they encounter Christ's wisdom, love, and joy. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Through God's grace, you have always said yes to what the Lord has asked of you whether it is to be the mother of two amazing young men all the way until opening your own school, thanks to your yes every day. And through God's grace, many souls have come, are coming, and will be coming to Christ. Thanks to your yes, you are helping the Lord make disciples of all nations. Stephanie, I cannot speak for other people, but I know how much the Lord has used you to change my life this past year. Whether it was a word of wisdom, of encouragement, or a prayer, I always knew that you were in my corner. And I know that all the other students, teachers, parents, and everyone you have encountered would say the exact same thing. Thank you for always challenging us to be the best version of ourselves and to not be happy with anything less than sainthood. Thank you for being a friend, mentor, and first and foremost, a woman chasing after Jesus' heart. On behalf of all of us at Academia Stella Maris, we just want to say that we appreciate you and all of your sacrifices. We are praying in thanksgiving for you. Thank you for everything that you do for us. From Johan.
0: That's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Yeah, all praises go to God, though, right? Without His graces, nothing would be possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa used to say that she was a pencil in God's hand, and he was the one controlling the pencil and writing the story. So that's how mm-hmm. I see Academia Stella Maris. Mm-hmm. I'm just a pencil.
1: I'm also very thankful for the eraser on that picture. On that <laughs>
0: um, yes. So, yes.
1: Stephanie, oh, no. uh, if anyone wants to connect with you, how how could they do that?
0: Uh, well, they can email me at smontojo, S-M-O-N-T-O-J-O at ca, Or they can also go to our website and uh, find all the information there. Awesome.
1: Listeners, we would love your involvement in the podcast, so you can also email us at everysquarecentimeter@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love feedback. Uh, we'd love to celebrate more people like Stephanie, so send us recommendations, antidotes, and we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. But before we send off today, uh, I want to thank you, Stephanie, for hosting our scurry um, off Recording, Darren said that this is one that he does not have a clue about. So I'm kind of excited about that because mm-hmm. I believe you got the last one, Darren. Does anyone know gets, what animal forms a scurry? Yeah, I, way too many of them. Uh, Darren, I'm going to go to you first because I'm going to put you right on the spot. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm happy what to do that. Animals?
2: I um and I yeah, I often I do love being out in nature and all that sort of thing, and I often have a have an idea but i don't know the area of canada very well first of all but scurry makes me think of something small and that runs around and i i slide towards some sort of ant but i'm going lemming okay or lemming. some sort of right. lemming ground squirrel some sort of scurry of lemming ground squirrel okay
1: justin you got one i'm going mouse mm. okay
3: Mouse? Field field mouse. If you want me to get specific, Ooh. Specifically. Ooh. I went in broad warm,
1: and
2: added three in my guess, yeah. and you went very specific. So,
1: uh, warm June evening, exactly. Ma- uh, the mice scurrying around the uh, hayfield. Stephanie, any any thought? Do you have any idea? First of all, Stephanie. Um, you
0: know what I um, my guess is, I only have the French word in mind. Actually, give um, it to us.
2: Give it to um, us it in to French.
0: Marmot. Which, oh yeah. Um,
2: okay. marmot.
0: Yeah. Uh, what is it in English? Um,
2: it is marmot.
1: Is, is it a marmot?
2: If it's like the a same weasel? thing,
1: like, like a,
0: You know, in the, in the spring, this animal comes out, and if it sees its shadow. Oh, groundhog! Um, dog.
1: Yes. Dog. There nice. we go. Okay. So it is uh, a scurry of chipmunks. So you guys are heading kind of in the, yeah, that direction. Yeah. So I I was uh, I was first going to go with moose because apparently there's a large moose population in the area compared to the region, and except for their herds, and we've done herds before. So I went with chipmunks. My random question for the group is: one of the shows I used to watch growing up was Elvin and the Chipmunks. So my question to you is: name one show you watched growing up that you just want to share with us? A TV show. You watched growing up, Justin. Yeah, nice.
3: I'm in. So I uh, watched a lot of Mr. Rogers neighborhood growing up and I absolutely love the attention that he has garnered in the last number of years with um, a couple, like a documentary and then the Tom Hanks movie. And part of the reason I'm excited by this prompt is, so I grew up in the States and so, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is uh, a more American kids' show. But I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, in the movie that stars Tom Hanks, there's a scene in which uh, Mr. Rogers is praying. He's kneeling on his bed and he's praying. And one of the people he prays for specifically is Justin Cook.
0: <laughs>
3: By no name. Way. Really? I kid, I kid you not.
0: That's so neat.
1: We recently watched this, and I I I recall listening, uh, hearing that,
3: and it was such a bizarre but holy experience to be sitting in the theater Mm -hmm. and to hear my name Mm -hmm. come come through the video through the movie, Uh, and and I have to tell you, I literally I did grow up watching Mister Rogers, and I think I think he is a profound man of faith. Uh, and what he did with his ministry with children in the show, I think, is really fascinating and phenomenal. And so, yeah, I I say this as a kind of a weird thing, but also a really beautifully holy thing for me. I'm willing to take it as a sign of something really
1: meaningful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there you go. You did not know him, though? Personally? <laughs> yes. There no, was no connection. No, <laughs> just, okay. I, I don't uh, recall man, ever was, meeting Fred Rogers. No. Yeah, well. They're uh, Very, very cool. Uh, Darren, what do you got?
2: I um sorry, just distracted by that story and how it just shows us the we always want to box things as sacred and secular. And then you get stories mm-hmm. like that and it's like, OK, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. And also just want to affirm that the other people in this podcast are better people than me because the show <laughs> that I thought of uh, that I grew up every Friday night. We got to open a bag of nacho flavored tortilla chips and watch Dukes of Hazard.
4: Oh, that was a family <laughs>
2: event every Friday, and I loved it. And I was young enough to not notice that Daisy Duke basically wore next to nothing on the show <laughs> and had to go to bed before Dallas. My sister got to stay up to watch Dallas, but I had to go to bed. So that was my, that's the show memory
1: uh, that I had. <laughs> uh, Stephanie. Uh,
0: my favorite show growing up was Passepartout. So it was a show uh, for you know four and five year old children. Still remember, you know the opening song by heart. No, oh, it was good. Oh,
1: uh, are, uh, are you? Are we? Are we going to get a taste of the opening song by heart? <laughs> yeah, you, you can't name the song. Thanks you so can't Stephanie. say you know a song by heart uh, and then not give so. us a
3: little taste.
0: Pass montagnes me les papillons. Les souliers neufs et les beaux vestons, parce saute et en rond. Où passe partout, le nez dedans, son baluchon. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <That is awesome. laughs> My sister is going to be so thankful that I wasn't the one singing on this episode. So thank you, Stephanie. Darren, I don't know how you're going to top that with a blessing, but I'm going to pass it over to you. Well,
2: based on a fantastic book that has got my uh, imagination called The Creator and You, written by Jordan Rayner, I share this blessing that I just quickly um, wrote, just inspired by Stephanie and her story. May we see the sixth day of creation not as the end of creation, but as the beginning. May we see each day as an invitation to create more of what is true what is good and what is beautiful. And may we see each task each day, both work and rest as a way to bring joy to others. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Stay encouraged educators.
4: We want to thank Christian
0: schools, Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.